Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Jeff. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. I hope you guys won a whole lot last week, just like we did. We're going to help you do the same thing again this go-round. We want to give a shout-out to all of our people out in the UK. Bonjour in Japan. Konnichiwa. Mexico. Hola, como esta? Canada. Good day, A. Germany. Udente. Australia. Good day mate and my people right here in the u.s what's popping as always i got my main man young vander with us holla at the people young vander fantasy fiends what's going on out there and bro joe's in the building with us holla at the people joe what's going on fantasy fiend family let's go so we got an action-packed show for you we got your news we got your matchups we're gonna be able to tell you who to go for and who to steer clear of we also got a little bit of rapid fire 10 lined up so let's go ahead and get you started with your news and now your fantasy news looks like we have quite a bit of injuries to discuss and kind of figure out um, the extent of if you will going into week four let's start with our tight ends we have two uh, fairly big name tight ends definitely guys that are owned 100 across the board in fantasy gronk is still dealing with the rib injury that he sustained in the game last week and kittle has a calf injury that he's nursing now kittle was actually out of practice gronk was limited in practice with his rib injury so have you guys gotten any updates or heard anything as far as they were concerned well as far as Gronk goes I, I guess he's a little banged up but I don't think any fantasy owners have to fear him not playing on Sunday of course they're going to be playing against New England and uh you're probably gonna have to like shoot this guy for him to miss that game so I agree 100 um, percent. I think it's just veteran maintenance type things you know give him a couple of days off or whatever and get him ready for the weekend Gronk I'm like you said I'm not really too worried about Gronk he'll play but it's all contingent on what's his status by Friday if he's questionable on Friday I feel a little bit more comfortable Kittle is the more serious of the two. I'm going to keep watching that, and hopefully by game day, we'll know that morning if he's good to go or if he's inactive. So Kittle would definitely be one that you guys would say you want to already have your pivot. I just know that for tight end, that may be one of the positions that you may have only one of versus having multiple. If you have Kittle on your team, in all likelihood, he's going to go, but you definitely want to have your backup. For sure. For sure. Looks like Antonio Brown is back in practice. You know, he was on the reserve COVID list this previous week and missed this last week's game. Looks like he's back in action for this coming week. You know, if you have them, start them unless you have better options. With that being said, the Tampa Bay New England game. 
this game has so many storylines. I'm a Patriots fan, so I'm feeling very conflicted, I guess, is how I would label it. Between Tom Brady being my quarterback <laughs> and New England being my team. So it's going to be kind of kind of interesting. I, I guess I'll be, to a certain extent, somewhat happy no matter who's on offense, I guess, is how Sunday will work out. But in my humble opinion, it's, it's not really much of a comparison. You have a team that is attempting to win another Super Bowl, and you have a team that is possibly ready to make the playoffs. It's not a who's better, Tom or Bill, and we'll find out Sunday type of a deal to me. It's a one team is clearly better than the other, and I'm hoping that we can just cover. <laughs> so, man, this is a this is a primetime game. You know, this is one of those things, of course, in New England, everybody was saying, well, why are these guys winning? Is it Belichick or is it Brady? So Brady left went and did his own thing and won somewhere else. So everybody like, hey, maybe it is Brady. So now this is like the the, the closing chapter of that story. Uh, th- these guys are going to be motivated. I know Grant, A.B., these guys definitely want to get in the end zone. I know for sure. Exactly. Yep. So if you're playing DFS, <laughs> Go for those guys, but and at the same time, I think Belichick gonna really try to get after Brady. Oh, absolutely. He he yeah. knows Brady doesn't like pressure up the middle. So the Tampa Bay offensive lineman, that center, that left guard, that right guard, they better keep their head on the swivel because you right. best believe it's gonna be pressure coming up the middle all game right. long. So that's the only that's the only hope we have, honestly. And with Belichick being a defensive minded guy, it's, it's it's definitely gonna be a chess match for sure. So. Definitely looking forward to seeing this game. Yeah, but it's like one team has two or three extra pawns and the other team has two or three extra nights. Right. Like at the same time, football is one of those games any given Sunday. But I, I don't see Mac Jones being able to go toe-to-toe with Tom Brady as far as putting points on the board. It definitely so. won't be about Mac Jones. I mean, the, the thing is that the Patriots' strength is the defense. So that's what makes it such a, a chess match because it's going to be Brady versus Belichick, the mind. You know what I mean? So Matt Jones is not even a, a thought in this game at all. He's going to have issues with that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Absolutely for sure. is. And, and, and the thing is, you know, New England is a running team. Tampa Bay's calling card is the run defense and, right. and basically making it almost impossible to go up the middle. If you can't do that, and you're literally making it a Mac Jones versus Brady game because Mac Jones is going to have to throw the ball from beginning to end. So I, I, that, that's just not a good recipe for the Patriots, if you ask me. Uh, Vegas says it's a, a seven-point difference in this one. So we have a few more injuries to talk about. And actually, we have a, a couple situations that are trending up. Cuba Hubbard of the Panthers is officially the starter. He's going to have his opportunity this week. Obviously, it's not an opportunity to showcase for the starting job because McCaffrey isn't going anywhere. Um, They didn't put him on IR, so he's likely to be back within a couple of weeks. Uh, Josh Jacobs is back at practice. They have a Monday game. So if you have a Josh Jacobs that you're looking to start, do you believe that it's going to be practical to use him this week? Or is it likely that since he doesn't go until Monday and there aren't very many pivots that you can go to on Monday, would you give mm-hmm. him the week to kind of show and prove and then you know see what happens next week? I would definitely watch his practice habit during the week and if he's practicing in full, then I feel a lot more comfortable saying, hey, this is going to be my guy for the week. But if it's limited, 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 I definitely want to have something you know, in the stash. I'll probably go with that guy to be honest with you because okay. you would hate to get to Monday and then 
no show, no go. I'm in a um a guillotine league. It's 18 teams, right? 18 teams, no bench. <laughs> Josh Jacobs is on the waiver. Okay. Pretty much the only running back worth starting on the waiver. I- I'm I'm playing Russian roulette basically and hoping that someone doesn't figure out my strategy and try to block me because Drake is currently on the waiver. So I'm hoping that if by Sunday morning, no one um, has picked him up, I should be able to have my backup out there and no one else would be able to pick him up because they had already had people that started in games. So we'll, well you might, see how you, that goes. You might want to be careful with that because this past week, I mean, Drake wasn't even the guy. You know, it's Peyton That's true. Barber. Peyton Barber was the guy. You absolutely right. right. So, now, I think someone has him because there is no bench at all. What I don't want to do is get him and then he doesn't go and then put up zero points. At least Drake was active in the game and he, he wasn't the guy, but he did have his role in the game. So at least I wouldn't get zero points and something like that. So, but that's again, if you have to take that risk, if you don't have to take that risk, then you might not want to. Antonio Gibson of the Washington football team, he missed practice today. He is a little nicked up. This one is a little concerning in the fact that last year, you know, he had a, a couple injuries that um, kind of kept him either limited in games or out of a couple of games. So have you guys heard anything about Antonio Gibson that that either gives you calls for pause this week or gives you a certain sense of security that he'll be fine? This what makes it a unique situation is that yesterday he practiced. Today is the shin injury in the sleeve. I think he'll still point towards being a go. But again, it's an, it's one of those things we have to see if he practices tomorrow and what's his designation on sat on Saturday. If he has a sleeve on, you know, well, he didn't even practice, so he was that was the other part. He didn't participate, so we'll definitely have to look at Friday and Saturday see what's up. Lamar Jackson is having uh, a back issue, kind of flare up as far as his back is concerned. So he was limited in practice. I have no doubt he's going Sunday, but I recall Young Vander saying. It may have been episode one or two. Once your back starts going, you don't really run into too many people that say that they had a back issue. Normally, back issues are persistent. Yeah, with Lamar, I think he said he's going to be a go, but I think now we're going to be watching every time he gets tackled in the pocket. He's really good when he scrambles, so at least he has that going for him. Yeah, and it was described as a back soreness. We really don't have a particular back injury. It's just been described as back soreness, and it's been described as a low level of concern. A back is a back, so just just be careful. (laughs) A.J. Brown, again, is a a no-show at practice. His hamstring injury, along with a couple other wide receivers that are still having hamstring injuries, um, Slayton nor Shepard of the Giants, showed up to practice either dealing with hamstrings. How are we looking at these particular injuries? It's a disaster in New York. You already have Daniel Jones' favorite receivers are dealing with injuries, and now the, the big money guy that they signed, he doesn't seem to have a good chemistry with his all that's left. Galladay has a hip injury, by the way. So he he's not 100% either. He, he's, he was limited in practice with a hip injury. Yeah. <laughs> The offense is going to be horrible, I think, this week. Yeah, I, I see I see some strange things happening in this game for them yeah. offensively. If you didn't um, pay attention there, somebody picked up New Orleans in our league of record. Yeah. Just on a hunch, you know. Normally, we're on the same page, Barry. See, I, I didn't need a vote of confidence to make that move, but <laughs> unknowingly <laughs> – you just you just let me know that I I did the right thing. So I appreciate that in you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All 
<laughs> we got uh, Aaron Jones dealing with an ankle injury. He was limited at practice. Normally, if you're limited at practice on Wednesday, Thursday, that indicates that you're going to play on Sunday. If you were doubtful or if you didn't practice at all, it would be a little bit more concerning. The only practice that you normally want to be concerned with a player not being in is that that Friday walkthrough practice. Yeah. If they're not there, then that, that injury or them sitting out isn't maintenance. It isn't uh, veterans' preference. They aren't quite ready to go yet, and we truly won't know until Sunday. So those are the guys that you want to pay special attention to. Those are the guys that you want to make sure that you stop by the uh, Facebook page or the Instagram page or the Twitter feed, and you take a look at uh, the information that we put out as far as injuries or concerns or who practiced and didn't practice, things of that nature as far as Friday is concerned. So anytime we get updates of any of the important players that are dealing with injuries, things of that nature, we definitely put that information normally first on Facebook and then on Instagram. Um, and, and we definitely update Twitter as well, but that's kind of on the back burner. Most of our current followers, you guys are kind of following us on Facebook and IG. So feel free to follow us on Twitter as well. Matter of fact, let me go ahead and put the info out there before we get into um, the next topic of the day. With Gmail, if you need to get us any questions, concerns, that's fantasyfootballfiend at gmail.com. On Twitter, at fantasy underscore fiend, F-E-I-N. Instagram, fantasy football fiend. And on Facebook, fantasy football fiend family Facebook group. So that's where you can get your moment to moment updates as well as last minute start sit questions, things of that nature on Sunday morning. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and get into a little bit of rapid fire 10. And now rapid fire 10, 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers. All right, let's get right into it. By the way, all these are PPR league questions. So who do I start here? Corey Davis or Robert Woods? I would go with Robert Woods just because his opportunities are going to be increasing. And I believe that he's in a place now where the arrow's pointing up. So we already know the offense puts up points. Yes, Cup is the go-to receiver, um, but at any given time, it can be a Woods game. So I, I would go with Woods. I'm going to have to go Corey Davis. I like the Jets from behind having to throw a little bit more. And with all their other weapons being ineffective and Arizona, unfortunately, deflating on defense, I like the upside of Corey Davis to get a heavy uh, workload, definitely catching the ball. I like Corey Davis as well, being that he playing against his old team. Don't forget, this is a revenge game. So you have a little extra oh, yeah. incentive. I get that, but I guess the only thing that, that I'm looking at with, with Corey Davis is since Makai Becton went out, the left tackle for the Jets, Zach Wilson has not looked like the Zach Wilson that we thought we were going to see all year. Their, their line is giving him so many issues that he just doesn't have time. Couple that with being a rookie and then triple that with the blueprint for how to stop not only him, but his entire team has been given two weeks in a row. Unfortunately, I don't think they have the personnel to be able to make a quick turnaround or a quick change, if you will, that they can kind of go a different direction because they only have Corey Davis and there's really only one style of play that they seem to be able to play that lends itself to being shut down. So that's the only reason I'm, I'm kind of leaning that direction. We don't see Van Jefferson get involved, Higby, and now Deshaun Jackson. 
I mean, is I can honestly say Woods is at best the third target in that offense, followed by, like I said, the versatility of Van Jefferson and now Deshaun Jackson balling out too. So I just like the upside of Corey Davis being the for sure number one guy as opposed to being possibly the third or fourth option going into Sunday. Makes sense. All right, we got Ice, Kuba, Hubbard, or Melvin Gordon. Give me Melvin Gordon. I don't know. That's what I think the sleep is in. I, I might actually go with, with Hubbard. Like, and it's not even because of what I saw last week. I just think the game script, they're not going to change their offense. Matt Rulden said it today. It's going to remain the same. So I'm just imagining McCaffrey, but just putting Hubbard in his place. My only issue is Dallas is actually playing defense now. Their offense has always been good. And the fact that this is it's a it's a higher over under, and I believe that Dallas's offense, even not at full strength without having Gallup, I believe it's far superior to Carolina's offense. Um, especially without McCaffrey, and the odds are they're not gonna Carolina's not gonna be running very much, and the go to receiver isn't the running back when McCaffrey isn't in there. The go-to receiver is going to be DJ Moore from what I've been able to see as of late. So Okay, we got Cordero Patterson or Jacoby Myers. Damn, that's good. I got to go with Jacoby, obviously, just because of the matchup. You know, we got to just know that Brady's going to pass the ball 40 times, which means indubitably <laughs> Patriots is going to have to come from behind. I just like his target uh, share going into the game. I like the fact that they don't have a deep passing quarterback just yet, coupled with you're not going to be able to run against Tampa Bay. So that tells me that Jacoby Myers is going to have a heck of an opportunity this week. Whether or not he'll have a heck of a game will be yet to be seen, but he'll definitely have a, a, a heck of an opportunity. Um, Cordell Patterson is going to be going against the Washington football team. And I believe that for Washington, this is going to be a get-right game. And they do have a pretty good defense, even though it hasn't been shown over the last couple of weeks. I think he's going to be in the toughest situation. Okay, we got DeAndre Swift or C-E-H. <laughs> oh, Swift. It ain't Swift even close. Crazy. Well, you know he has the Bears and C-E-H has the Eagles, I believe. Kansas City is not a running team. And Swift has shown me with really tough matchups that he can fit the bill. So uh, the fact that they'll be playing from behind and he's their second best wide receiver uh, bodes well as well. So what happens is unlike with, let's say, let's say um, like Sanders this past week, he only had two rushes, but the team only ran the ball three times as a team. When you're looking at Swift, even if Detroit was to do something that drastic, he's still going to be second in targets. So no matter which way the game script goes for Swift, he's in the game and he's productive. So that's why I like Swift, um, because the game script won't come into to, to play. Okay, we got Kyle Pitts, <laughs> Kittle, George Kittle. Damn. I'm going to go with Kittle all day. Give, give, give me the guy that's actually done something in the NFL to this point. Atlanta in general doesn't look very good on offense. And Pitts, like it or not, is a rookie tight end. And he's 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 faring well, actually, for a rookie tight end. But a lot of people had him touted coming in like he was going to come in being Kelsey. But, I mean, it takes some time. He still may be that guy, but not yeah. this week. With Kittle, like I'm, I'm more on the serious side with Kittle's uh, injury. So I'm unsure he'll play. But also too quickly, um, Pitts just hasn't been utilized the way Arthur, you know, you thought Arthur Smith is going like 
use him how to use, you know, Darren Waller, and it's like everything but even while um, Russell Gates getting hurt. So if Kittle's healthy, definitely Kittle. If not, I definitely would hope with another entry week to Gage that he does well. Okay, we have Antonio Brown or Kenny Galladay. Antonio Brown, give me AB. Oh, yeah. Tom Brady is <laughs> – look, if you have Tom Brady on your fantasy team, congratulations because uh, <laughs> it's going to be a barn burner. I love Tom Brady this week. I love Gronk this week. I love AB this week. That's that's what I'll say. Um, Another situation where I, I don't think Gronk – I think Gronk's uh, injury is more serious. Of course, AB is going to go crazy, I think, being back. Like, this dude is on another level. Okay, we got uh... – Marquise Hollywood Brown or Odell Beckham Jr. Odell, definitely. Odell. We have Naheem Hines or Kareem Hunt. Hunt. Yeah, give me Hunt. We got Leonard Fournette or Elijah Mitchell. And this gets bowls that uh Mitchell's playing. I think I'm actually gonna go Mitchell. Yeah, I think it points to Mitchell playing. He's been limited throughout the week. I think that's a good sign he's gonna play. Okay, last but not least, we got Damian Harris. Or Mike Davis. It's it's simple. Better running backs haven't done very well against Tampa. Point blank. Period. <laughs> so I'm pivoting from 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 Harris. Yeah, give me a Mike Davis as well too. Even though we saw Cordell take a lot of snaps in the the backfield, he's not being used as much. It kind of regressed a little bit as far as his usage in the backfield, which is good. All right, and that concludes our rapid fire ten. Rapid fire ten. Our first matchup on the docket is going to be Tennessee versus the New Jersey Jets. There is a 44-point over-under on this game, and the Jets are getting seven points. They are a heavy dog in this particular game, which is interesting when you look at the fact that the inclinations are that A.J. Brown and possibly Julio Jones may not be available for the Titans this week. A name that Joe mentioned on the previous show may be fired this week, especially in, in the because most people don't know his name. And Joe, what's his name? Oh, I call him NWI because I don't want to butcher his <laughs> last name. It's uh, Nick Westbrook. I I can. I don't know if the case is Aheen. I don't know because the case might be silent. But I definitely like him this week as well. Josh Reynolds was a healthy scratch last week, which I don't oh, wow. know what that meant that he didn't play last week. And then that means that he lost his job if he was a healthy scratch and this guy got in and caught a touchdown. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, With Julio, Julio didn't practice the same as A.J. Brown yesterday and today, so it's not looking up for him with the hamstring injury. Man, this game to me, man, I see 30-plus carries from the big boy, King Henry. Absolutely. And, uh, again, I like Corey Davis going back against his old team. Not only is revenge, but Tennessee is not really a good team against the pass, so I think this bowls well for him. We have the Washington football team going up against Atlanta. Uh, that game has a 47 and a half point over under and Atlanta is the underdog by one and a half points. The interesting part about that is with Washington being at Atlanta and Atlanta only having a one and a half point advantage that indicates that Vegas believes that Washington is going to take this particular game. How do you guys feel about the fantasy players 
that are in this particular matchup? Is it is it one that you're going to kind of lean into or is it one that you're likely to steer clear of? Honestly, on the lower end as a value play, I think the kid Heineke. Okay. I think it's a really good matchup for him. He actually played pretty decent the last couple of games against harder defenses. So this is an easier team. That's true. So I definitely see him uh, doing well. But I like pretty much all of the Washington Redskins offensive players. And I also think maybe this is a game that Kevin really probably get it together. They was talking about running him more on crossing routes and things of that nature the first couple of games. So now they're going to try to push the ball a little bit more downfield, which was his strength last year coming in to this season. So I think maybe he'll get in the end zone finally this uh, this week right here. Yeah, I think this game, uh, especially with Curtis Samuel looking to be finally on pace to come back, it's going to bode well for um, that offense. But Logan Thomas has been a, definitely a huge sleeper on that offense. And if anything, I think Scary Terry against a Falcons defense definitely can get right in this yeah. game. Yeah, I like I, I like that matchup. I definitely like that matchup. We have Detroit going up against Chicago, which is tied for one of the lowest over-unders of the week. Uh, but Detroit at Chicago, a 42-point over-under, and Chicago uh, is the favorite by two and a half points. So mm-hmm. Vegas is giving Detroit uh, two and a half. Again, this is a 42-point over-under. Um, so this, this kind of indicates that if Detroit is going to get you the points that you want, it's going to be through yards and through volume, through garbage time, things of that nature, because it's not going to be a whole lot of points being put up, um, which to me says that Jared Goff is probably going to be someone that you want to pivot away from. But Swift and uh, Hawkinson, they're going to have a high volume of targets because they're they're going to be behind from, according to Vegas, pretty much from the first quarter. So that does lend itself to them having a, a pretty decent stat line by default. I think fantasy fans need to pay attention to, we don't even know who the quarterback is going to be this week. The coach already came out and said, hell, it could be Nick Foles. So Andy Dalton practicing and limited it today. It's a carousel right now, even at the quarterback position. So it's a big thing as far as if you have Allen Robinson or guys like that on your team. I do like uh, David Montgomery in this matchup. I think he's going to have a really good game because Detroit's not really good against the run. So I like him a lot. Yeah, I'm, I per se would, would fade the entire Bears offense. I wouldn't want no piece of them for the same reason Vander's um, alluding to. More likely than not. Dalton will play, my personal opinion. I think his injury was more of a bone bruise, and I think he kind of knows, like, hey, if I don't start this week, I don't have a job in the NFL. I'll be like foes on the bench. So I think he's going to push to play, and I don't like him against even trying to play. He didn't look great when he was on the field against Cleveland. I know it's Cleveland. Offense, I think this is a heavy dose of receiving out of the backfield for Jamal Williams and Swift. I think Hawkinson gets right in this game. Um, and you can't really trust any of their wide receivers, but I like Cephas to probably at least get you at least seven to eight points, possibly a touchdown to put you over the hump as well. We have the Kansas City Chiefs. That are going to be going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I believe this is the highest over under for the week at 54 and a half points. With this particular matchup, the Eagles are getting seven points. So they're the underdog by seven, which is a pretty significant uh, number there as far as the spread is concerned. Um, normally, the highest spreads that you see in NFL games, unless there's something that's just completely off kilter, are going to be in the seven and a half to eight and a half point range. With Kansas City, as per usual if you got them start them as far as philly is concerned what do you guys think about that philadelphia offense i like jalen hurst's game as a fantasy starter uh, 
they just gave up 100 yards rushing to Lamar Jackson. So I think this is a game that he's going to probably be able to use his legs a little bit. But as far as Sanders, it's, it's a big question mark to me. I mean, they only ran the guy twice last week. He had 27, like 27 yards or something like that off two carries. And then yeah, he averaged see- 13 and a half yards a carry. Then you didn't see him no more. That the should only- get a coach fired. That's not a Sanders issue. That's that's a philosophy issue. Right, that- Why would you not continue to do what was working? To me? The kid behind him only ran the ball at like once. Yep. There were, so- only, there were only three <laughs> rushes in the entire game. Right. The only guy I like on the offensive end for the Eagles is the quarterback himself. Well, first of all, what hurts, he's going to be possibly down with three offensive linemen possibly out this game. His tackle, definitely out. The center, probably going to be out. And then the guard. So, I don't know with Chris Jones on the field, (laughs) how that's going to look. With uh, Frank on the other side, how that's going to look. I would say, like like, uh, Vanna said, it is going to look like a pretty good rushing game for Hurts. I'm not a fan of Rager or Smith, but I will plug my guy in Quells Watkins in for one more time. Like I can't say it enough. In these situations, especially being down, he's going to catch the big play similar to what he did with the Cowboys. Unfortunately, only resulted in 46 yards, but even still, some of the missed throws he threw down the field was to Quez Watkins. So he already expressed that rapport with him and that confidence in him, and it's only the show during the NFL season. We have the Indianapolis Colts going up against the Miami Dolphins. They're at a 42 and a half point over under. This is one of those games that I kind of believe that if you have someone that you got to start, start them. But for all intents and purposes, I don't see anybody getting off. I still have my fingers crossed for Jonathan Taylor. (laughs) And that's all I can really say about that. I think, I mean, the the Dolphins uh, defense is vulnerable. So I think. He has an opportunity to and do the, something. The Coats are the underdogs by two points, by the way. Not that that changes your opinion as far as Taylor's concerned, but just to throw know. that out there. I don't know. Like, I think, you know, we always want to say Byron Jones, Xavier Howard. This should be an open and shut case. But we, I don't know. People have been getting off on damn Miami lately. Uh, look at the Raiders, what they was able to do uh, moving the ball. So I don't really know about any of their offensive players. Hopefully, you know, like he said, Taylor's a go. With Miami, gosh, Brissett, look, he looked, the, the backup quarterback looked great. And that's what a limb, you know, you know how hard it is for somebody not to get uh, rest with the one. So to play that well and to take it in overtime, that bodes well. My guy, Miles Gaskins, is getting busy. I love he's um, really taking a hold more and more of the rushes throughout the week. Hopefully, Will Fuller plays. And Waddle looked amazing. Yeah, guys, they, uh, Waddle's a good play this week. I think if anybody's to go off against the Colts, Waddle was going to do amazing. We got Houston going up against Buffalo. Now, remember (laughs) what I said just a couple seconds ago about the norm as far as spreads are concerned? Houston is an underdog by 16 and a half (laughs) points. This is about to be a bloodbath. The over-under is at 47 and the implied point total, or excuse me, the current computer pick our prediction, if you will, is that Houston will score about nine and a half points, which obviously you can't have a half of a point football, but um, in Buffalo's at about 33 points. So that's all you need to really know about that game. If you got somebody that's on the Buffalo squad, start them. Anybody other than Brandon Cooks, don't touch Houston. That That's pretty much what it boils down to. Um, we have Q, uh, Cleveland 
going up against Minnesota. Um, now with this one, this Ooh, one is a pretty a interesting game. one. Um, you have a 51 and a half point over under, and you have Cleveland as the favorite by two points. What say you guys about this matchup? Mm. Still waiting to see if uh, Dalvin Cook will be playing. Um, I think that's a you know a big thing. Um, Madison actually played really well he last really, week. I think he had one of his best games. He always right. played well against Seattle. And I definitely like the Cleveland guys as far as the running game. But other than that, man, I mean, I don't like Baker Mayfield. And I like Kirk Cousins this week also. But I think this is going to be a really close game. It's going to be a high-scoring game as well. Obviously, Odell is solid. Obviously, Nick Chubb is solid. Kareem Hunt is solid. That kid, Swartz, believe it or not. I love I love what he's able to do with the field. He's getting 26 uh, yards per catch a clip. I think this is going to be a really good game. As far as uh, Cook, like you said, Cook is limited in practice. He's been practicing to a limited capacity. But I think it's going to be Chubb and Cook. You know, and you know, I think it's gonna be that's gonna be a good battle to see because what we've known uh, for them to work, Zimmer's like point blank. Either Cook is a hundred, he's gonna get a full workload, or it's no misdirect. So we'll know. Um, on Sunday if he's going to play. And if he plays, expect a full workload. We talked about this game a little bit earlier. We had the New New York Giants that are going to be going up against New Orleans. Uh, the Giants are a seven-and-a-half-point underdog with a 42-point over-under, which, again, is tied for the lowest over-under of the week. Um, and the predicted score is for the Giants to be somewhere around 12 points and New Orleans to be somewhere around third. So, again, this is one of those games where, um, you know, if if you have to start your Saquon Barkley, if you have to start your Daniel Jones, you got to do what you got to do. Your your Jameis Winston's and Kamara's of the world, maybe even your Callaway, Marquez Callaway. Um, those 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 guys you're gonna want to go ahead and throw in, but. We have a 42-point over-under, and we have one team that is slated to more than double the points of the other. And that makes sense when we're almost at the point where we don't even know who the Giants' receivers are going to be. So kind of makes sense to me. Carolina against Dallas, we have a 51-and-a-half point over-under, and the underdog in this game is actually, believe it or not, Carolina by four-and-a-half points. Dallas is favored it uh, by almost five points. We're looking at an implied point total of about 19 to 24, if you will. We have a matchup where Dallas's defense is on the rise, but I don't see anyone in their secondary who can really contend with DJ Moore, to be honest with you. I kind of see him being able to do his thing. Dallas's defensive line isn't anything that you would be scared of. So hopefully Cuba Hubbard may be able to do something. We'll see how that works out. I'm interested to see how this kid Hubbard looks uh, with a full work load um so i'm just want to monitor him and if you have this guy play him of course probably a great flex flex play as far as dallas i mean you know it's, it's funny you know carolina is coming in one of the best defensive teams in the league right now mm-hmm. and with dallas being a, this high and dallas offense, has been one of the uh, best offensive teams right so, so it's, it's definitely a, a collision course you know what mm-hmm. i mean so man um I really, I mean, Zeke Elliott came alive last week, but I think he kind of goes back to the shadows this week, to be honest with you. I think this is the type of game where we really truly see what both teams are made of. Like, the strength that you say you have is going to be tested against the strength 
of what the other team says they have. So we'll really truly know about Dallas's offense and we'll really truly know about Carolina's defense. Agreed. Joe, we got Seattle going up against San Fran, um, a division rival. This is a 52-point over-under, and the underdog is Seattle by three points, uh, which makes sense because they're going to be playing at San Francisco. So basically, Vegas is saying that they see this game as even. Now, I will defer to you on this matchup because you've seen it far more times than I have with yeah. Seattle being your team. So what do you think is going to happen in this particular setup? I think this is a good quality game to start all your offensive players. For those who have Lockett, be on the lookout for him. I know he's been on the injury report, and I'm not sure how he's practiced throughout the week. Metcalf popped up today with a foot, but he's going to be good to go. I'm not worried about him. But to my point, yeah, I think this is the way you fire up all your you know, all the receivers, lock it to Metcalf. Obviously, you want to go out there and start Ayuk and Samuels because we already know both of them can't stop the pass for, for shit, pretty much. <laughs> Running the ball, you know, Carson is going to be Carson. And then it's the, if Mitchell goes, I like Mitchell. I don't think this is the, the game for Sermon. We, you know, we have a weakness and tendency to give those scat backs, the, you know, the ones that are more elusive. They just run all over us. Whereas somebody like him, Sermon didn't show me enough to worry me. And if Kittle was a go, I don't, I think he's going to be limited to what he can do. He's not going to be 100%, but I still think he'll manage to catch a touchdown or so um this is gonna be a good game i i think russell is about to throw the ball almost 40 times so i'm excited and barry the san francisco is your team so we kind of got a grudge match going on the show here this week what's your view well you know one thing about this matchup we split pretty much every year they win one we win one so whoever wins this week the person the next team will win the next time so but like joe said i think if you have any offensive players in, on either side you should definitely fire them up this 49 defense isn't the same defense from last year just not i agree so, with that so definitely i like definitely like rust this week and uh and all their pass catchers it's gonna be a good game man i, I just like i can't pick out one particular person but i think all offensive guys on both sides will probably have a, a really good game i mean you look at the over under it's 52 points yep it, it, it generally wouldn't be that high with this game the highest over under of the week and what i feel is going to be this week's uh, best matchup we have arizona going up against the los angeles rams with a 55 point over under arizona is the underdog by four and a half points i really like the rams in this particular setup I, I i would take the rams all day but what do you guys think about this setup i honestly think the rams have Kyler murray's number yep um, i agree so i'm really i, I want to see how he you know fails this year you know, see for something new. Of course, we got that great matchup with D Hop and Jalen Ramsey. You know how those boys get down. Healthy D Hop down. Oh, so you think he's healthy this week? Oh yeah, he's he's been taking off the injury report. Okay, so those boys always go at it. You know what I mean? And, and I, I I just like the way Stafford looks. So I definitely like Stafford in this game. Yeah, this about to, this game going. I I I got, you gotta get your popcorn ready for this game. I'm like super Absolutely. excited. I'm somebody who has the Rams defense. I would not play them. I think Kingsbury's going to do a lot of short passes. I mean, this is would be a game if somebody had to go take a pivot, go back to AJ Green. I think that's going to be something really big this game because it seems like Ramsey um really is going to have to like you said he's going to hold down D Hop. Because if not, this is a three-touchdown game. If you take him off for even just a couple of plays, and I think heavily Murray is going to scramble a lot more. He's going to have to with what Floyd and Aaron Donald can do as far as putting pressure. So this is, this is a great game. 
Just a few more games here. We have Baltimore going against Denver. Uh, that game has a 45-point over-under, and Baltimore is the underdog by one point. Obviously, we know what Lamar Jackson is. On the Denver side of the ball, what are you guys doing? This is going to be an interesting game. Um, I want to see this Denver defense. They've been playing very well this, this year so far. Man, honestly, I'm not a fan of anybody on Denver's offense this game. Yeah, um, I like this matchup. I want to I want to know, just as like everybody else, can Denver uh, keep Lamar in the pocket? Right. If they can make him climb the pocket but not escape the pocket, I think this is going to be a really close game. Hollywood is a big go. Sammy, it's like, I, I'm going to go with Sammy. I think Sammy's going to be a good play in this game. And Bridgewater, people sleeping on this guy so much, but I think he might have close to 400 yards this game. It's about to get nasty. I think, you know, his connection with Tim Patrick as well. I think it's a bounce back game for Sutton. Uh, we just saw Melvin Gordon almost have 100 yards out of the backfield. Yeah, this is Noah Fant and then the backup to Noah Fant. He seems to have good. He has good rapport with all of his receivers. He's going to probably target like eight of them as far as completions and have, like I said, close to 400 yards passing. I know it's Baltimore defense, but Bridgewater is like, he's on that uh, Derek Carr stratosphere for me, falling out. We have Pittsburgh going up against Green Bay. Uh, Pittsburgh <laughs> is the underdog by six and a half points, and Pitt is going to be at Green Bay. I love Green Bay this week. If Cam Newton was currently a Pittsburgh Steeler, he would be starting next week. It's, it's basically how I think this game is going to go. I think Ben is going to be lit up. Um, it's going to be a matter of one team coming in ready to play and another team not being capable of putting up the same numbers. So I, I really like Green Bay in this game. Yeah, I think it's that game where Rodgers and, and Devontae get back to the to what they do. So this may be one of those two or three touchdown uh, games for Devontae Adams, I think. I, I wholeheartedly want to say that this is going to be a breeze for uh, Green Bay, but I really, I don't know. I'm drinking this, the still curtain Kool-Aid, I guess. I really think this is going to, I think they're going to play better defense their defense has been horrendous, but I think this is one of those pivotal games that they know they have to win this matchup, and they're going to find a way to keep it close. De Devontae's going to be great. Aaron Jones, if he's a full go, will be a full go. Tanya will be great, but I don't see any of those other receivers being relevant. Uh, quickly to the Steelers, I think Najee Harris finally breaks over 50 yards rushing, and he's not going to have 19 targets, will he? But I'm quite sure he's going to have more than 10 catches going into next week, and we always complain about Ben Roethlisberger not throwing a deep ball, but this guy is throwing at least close to 40 attempts every game. So I'm one, I think it's a resurgence play with uh, Big Ben. He's going to go crazy. Juju's back. Deontay Johnson's going to be solid. Uh, Claypool's with a hamstring, so we got to watch Claypool, but all signs is go for me. And we've already talked about the Tampa Bay in New England matchup, which New England is a seven-point underdog in. As far as your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, stardom. As far as your New England Patriots, if you have a pivot. Uh, the last matchup, we have the Las Vegas Raiders going up against the Los Angeles Chargers, and that over-under is at 51 and a half. I think this game is going to be fireworks i don't know which team is going to win it's really truly a toss-up in my mind as far as the how, how the game is going to end vegas again has the home team as a three-point favorite which means again that they feel it's quite evenly matched so this is going to be interesting what do you guys think about this last matchup i agree with you totally man this game is going to be maybe the team with the the last possession is going to win this game type of game I love the offense of uh, the Chargers going into this game and also the Raiders. I think if you have 
offensive play on either side, you play him. Definitely monitor the Jacob situation. Even if he doesn't play, I think um, David Carr is going to have one of those those games also. And also keep in mind, traditionally speaking, Monday night games tend to be higher scoring for whatever reason. That's just what the numbers say. So th- this is definitely going to be some fireworks. Joe, what you got on this one? I was excited for the earlier matchups with the Rams playing. Oh, man, I'm, I'm equally excited. Uh, r- Real quick. Obviously, Carr. I'm Carr is playing on the next level. Him and Tom Brady, as far as attempts versus completions and even yardage, are like one and two. I I'm full go on all of his weapons. Obviously, you know Waller. Waller's gonna have twenty targets by himself. Just like I said last episode prior, Hunter Winfro floor was already going crazy, where he's having five point three receptions. With 68 yards, now he's in a shootout with the Chargers. Are you kidding me? Already put, plugged in Brian Edwards, and he's been remaining consistent this season. I think he's going to finally have a 100-yard game and finally cash in with the touchdown. Um, with the Chargers, my guy, well, we'll save that for week eight halfway through. Um, Mike Williams, come on. This guy, I think another one who's going to have 10 catches this game, possibly two touchdowns. And I think definitely Allen is going to get busy this week. I know he's been the the shadow of the offense, so to speak, not his regular self. I think he's going to have a big a big clip. And Jared Cook is a huge play. People need to jump on him if you need a flyer. Not even a flyer. This, he's going to finally get in the end zone as well, too. And Eckler, I'm hoping Eckler go off as well. And that about wraps up today's show. We'll be back to you in a few days after this week's matchups. We'll have our reactions and our takes on what transpired. And we'll be able to give you a little bit of info on who you might want to go grab who you might want to drop and who you might want to keep again it's our job to make sure that we give you valid and correct advice it's your job to use it and we out Later.